Welcome to the Lemon and the Fro Show. I am your host, Kellen Conley. And to my cross in a dashing red shirt is Lane Lemon, the better half of this show. How you doing, man? Oh, doing pretty good. How you doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing I'm doing quite well, man. It's It's been a few weeks. Yeah. A lot of things have been going on. A lot of NFL news. A lot of NBA news. A lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. Some UFC news. Some crazy UFC news. Some, some baseball news. Some exciting boxing coming up. Some boxing news. Well, you can call it boxing. And this, so that's our show, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, we're going to start off some NFL stuff. Going to jump right into it. Get right to it. Shout out to your dad, by the way. Because your dad, your dad was really excited for the show. That made me happy. That oh so yeah, excited. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he saw that. He he said it was a little long for me to listen to, but but uh, maybe maybe well, we're going to, we're going to try to go for about sixty minutes this time. Yeah, shorten it yeah. a little bit. Shorten it up a little bit because we did get a little lengthy, so to speak. Um, first topic is we're going to go with the NFL. And on Monday night, eleven Browns players uh, took a knee during the national anthem, which is the largest protest NFL has seen since. The national anthem protest started last season with Colin Kaepernick. Speaking of Colin Kaepernick, he's still not signed. He doesn't have a contract. There are some NFL fans who feel so alienated by this fact because they feel like he's being boycotted that they're saying they're going to boycott the NFL. What is your opinion on why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a contract and should he be in the NFL this season? So anytime I look at, at a business as so far as a free agency pickup – I don't look at it from any standpoint other than a GM standpoint. And the first thing you look at as a GM, can he play? Colin Kaepernick, he's, he's got a unique a unique skill set. Uh, he, he's, he's a dual threat guy. Um, when I look at, at when he came into the league, he, he, he got to the Super Bowl, which is amazing. It's a good it's a good feat. But he had uh, a veteran Frank Gore in his prime, a young Michael Crabtree, and a really stacked defense. And Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh, one of the one of the greatest coaches of this generation. Um, Oh damn! Okay, I'm gonna go there. <laughs> I like hardball too. But uh, so yeah, I mean, he 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 was he managed he he did enough to get to the Super Bowl, which I mean, I, I can't disrespect that. But since then, he struggled a lot. Uh, he he struggled to throw the ball. And in the NFL, if you are going to pick up a guy with this much baggage w- around him, as far as the news and the protests and the kneeling, um, to me. If he's if you're going to pick up some guy like this, he's got to be your guy. He's got to be your starter. He can't be your backup. The only place that I can really realistically see him going and benefiting the team would be the Jaguars, possibly with uh, with yeah, Chad Henney is is looking to get the start this Thursday. They've lost um, all hope down there. Exactly, real quickly. Bortles is going to get some first team reps, but they've he struggled. You don't really want to go with Chad Henney because they have a good roster down there. They have a potential roster down there, and I mean you you can't tell all your guys that Chad Henney is the best we got. So you got to do something <laughs> to make a move down there to, to show your guys that, hey, we want to compete this year because they've right. got the roster to do it outside of the quarterback position. So to me, I'm not I'm not looking at the Colin Kaepernick situation from any other standpoint of a, as, of a GM. Is he going to benefit our team? And you don't want paparazzi surrounding your backup quarterback. You do not want any headlines from that your reminds me of unless, Tebow. Exactly, in jer- in a, it's well, a distraction. It's a locker room distraction, mm-hmm. and it's just not something that's healthy for the team. I completely understand that, and the arguments that go back and forth is people like, "Oh, Kaepernick can play. He was just in a bad system in um, in San Francisco." Not really, because the, the thing is, what happened to him and what happened to RG three is he came in the league. Nobody could stop him, 
and then defenses got more tape and more film and were able to do more studying. And that offense, look at who he, who, who he came in for. Alex Smith, a dual-threat quarterback in himself. Right. So you can't say it was a bad system. I mean, I don't see how that's possible. Right. And even, even you could say, oh, Harbaugh – tank that last year he wanted to leave he wasn't getting what he wanted the thing is Kaepernick was under center that whole season and they they didn't perform and then you bring in um that I can't think of the dude's name he looks like the guy from the adult swim show Aqua Teen Hunger Force um Carl uh, the coach <laughs> yeah the coach uh they brought him in either and then of course he he benched Kaepernick first chance he got and then last season Kaepernick ended up getting a starting spot back and having moments, but he never really showed that he was a starting quarterback again. There's been opportunities, but I agree with you. I feel like he hasn't felt there hasn't been an opportunity for him to really come in and be worthwhile. If he goes to Baltimore, you could say because Flacco's out, he's in for Is how. He out? Well, I mean, Flacco's going to miss the start of the season, which is one of the reasons why they were going to bring him in. They brought him in for a tryout, and they were saying, again, uh, the Raven, the Ravens aren't, of course, you saw, did you see the thing on Undisputed with Sterling Sharp um, saying that he didn't understand why Kaepernick wasn't getting shot, and he's being blackballed, and then Ray Lewis coming right behind him, and Ray Lewis is like, well, you shouldn't have done what you did. <laughs> you did. It's all because of the protests everything. So you had those two counter, point counterpoints going where they're essentially saying that Kaepernick can't be a starter and run an NFL offense. And I think that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line right there. I, I completely agree with that. And as far as the protests go, he didn't stop it at kneeling. And you look at other other players, you look at the Browns, you look at uh, the gentleman from, from uh, was it the... Malcolm Bradley? Yeah, yes, from the Eagles. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, I'm Malcolm sorry. Malcolm Jenkins, and uh, and you see his his teammate even coming over and putting the arm around him. I mean, to me, it the fact of the matter is Colin Kaepernick has not stopped since he started. I mean, right. he's done a lot of great things. He's donated to charity. Uh, looks like he's doing it for the right reasons, but that doesn't mean he should just get a free pass to get signed right. just because he's famous. At the end of the day, you've got to you've got to perform, and he's just not good enough to me from what I've seen to warrant a backup quarterback position on team because he brings too much with him. Right. As far as the protests go, I'm not going to say I support the fact that they're kneeling at the national anthem, but the way I see it, the American flag, if you take the sport a sporting event and you add the American flag, the first thing that you come to is a military. Their protest is not focused at the military, but the fact that they're at a sporting event kneeling during the national anthem, people just jump to the conclusion that they're protesting the military and they're disrespecting the military. When in fact, Michael Bennett himself, who kneeled or who sat down during the national anthem, mm-hmm. he went on an interview as saying he loves his military. His dad was in the military, so he's a military brat himself. His protest has nothing to do with the military; it has to do with the racism and has to do with with the inequality how the, and inequality how, exactly and how are. Um, African Americans have been treated exactly. So I mean, to me, it's a jump to you jump to a conclusion if you just say, "Oh, well, I don't, I don't agree with that because they're disrespecting the military." When that's your jump to conclusion, whenever you take it from their perspective, look, put your put be in their shoes for a day and say, "Why are they doing this? They're not doing this." at all to disrespect the military. Right. So as far as the protests go, I'm not going to say I support that they kneel, but I understand that the attack is not on the military. It's on the inequality. It's on the 
the culture of America today and how they get treated. And there's, there's, it's been proven with over and over with the Charlottesville incident and, and other, other incidents in the past two or three years that there's something wrong. Right. And we need to come together. That's a whole other hundred hundred hour debate. That's a whole other podcast. So <laughs> that's that's how I feel about the protesting. I'm not going to say I support it, but I'm going to say I understand where they're coming from, mm. and I believe there needs to be change as well. I'm I'm on the same level with you. I've went on record before saying that when it first started with Kaepernick, I was like, "What is he doing?" Because I immediately, just like you said, made it a military thing. He's disrespecting the vets. He's disrespecting my family members who have served and stuff. While that is one way to look at it, I immediately realize that. It's a bigger thing. He could be doing way worse things out there to protest the way that blacks are treated in America. Um, that black men are treated all blacks. I can't. I, um, but he's not. This is how he's choosing to do it. And then he's not just like you said. He's not just taking a knee and then it's like going and hitting the strip club afterwards. He's actually in his in the community doing good things for other people to try to make changes the best way that he knows how. Which is a which is a huge thing, so I commend him for doing it. I couldn't do it, and I still am iffy about. I don't know how I feel about it people at need, times. People need to stop saying, "Has he done good for the community?" Yes, absolutely, he has. Mm-hmm. People need to stop giving that as an excuse that he should automatically be signed by a team. Right. That those two things have nothing to, nothing to do with each no other. Correlation. They have no no correlation whatsoever, and that is the whole thing. People don't. I just I don't see. How they have any correlation whatsoever, right? So, anyways, so that's that's uh that's up for debate. Um, you can have your own opinion on that, but I think we're going to shift to a little bit of college football from the uh, pros to the amateurs that get paid under the tape. <laughs> <laughs> some of them, some of them, Ohio State maybe, but boom. So we're that's we are officially ten days out from kickoff the first college football Saturday oh, football that is season we have some uh, we yeah. have some games this Saturday uh, standing Stanford plays Rice uh, that's the only real team that I really have seen um, and then man I can't wait to see Rice Thursday. on the field this year oh I know right <laughs> next Thursday I think Oklahoma Oklahoma State debuts uh, they play against Tulsa. At home, mm-hmm. um, but we're gonna so we're gonna go ahead and focus on next Saturday. Uh, it's, we'll go with the top five teams. So the top five teams here are Bama, Alabama starting out at number one, Ohio State at two, uh, Florida State coming in at three, uh, USC was at four, and I believe Clemson was five. Uh, so big, actually huge matchup to start the the college football season. Eight o'clock on ABC. Uh, it's Alabama versus Florida State. It's mm-hmm. uh, in the new. Atlanta Falcons Mercedes Benz Dome, um, where they twenty eight and three dome. They opened up the twenty eight to three dome. They opened up a, a Chick Fil A in the Mercedes Benz Dome that's not open on Sundays, which is I exclusively where the Falcons when the Falcons play. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of uh, college games and, and other sporting events there so that, that uh, they can take advantage of uh, eat more chicken, but not the NFL fans. No, not at all. Uh, you'd be really upset about that because oh, I know I, you love your Chick Fil A. I love my Chick Fil A. Uh, so Bama, they they play Florida State. That's going to be a return of two. It's actually kind of a surprise for Bama. Uh, they don't usually have the same quarterback twice in or, or in consecutive years in the, in the past yeah. few years. Anyways, uh, we got DeAndre Francois versus Jalen Hurts, both uh, second year guys, both coming back uh, with their second year with the team. Obviously, Bama coming off that loss to Clemson in the national title game. Um, Hell of a national championship game. Yes, absolutely. Bama is favored currently by five. Uh, 
What do you think about that? Hey, how you, how you feel about uh, Florida State with five points? It's a field goal and then a couple of points. Field um, safety. Man, so, so they're giving Florida five, Florida State five. Man, I'm not I'm not betting against Saban in week one. Like I can it, agree even with that. Uh, even going to, like it's at Florida State, correct? No, it's at neutral site. Oh, neutral site. You just said that in, in Atlanta. Um, I'm, I'm not betting against Saban. Um, I'd like to see a close game. I expect it to be a close game because these are both top tier um, programs, of course. Defensive, Man, defensive game, probably. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to take that. I would not take the five on Florida State. I, I think Bama pulls this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. I'm going to say uh, Bo Scarborough is is a beast in the backfield mm-hmm. for Alabama. I think that he he kind of is the difference maker in that another game. great back out of he's, the Alabama backfield. Oh yeah, another power power guy. But he's so fast too. He's huge, fast. Um, another fun fact: both Ala- uh, both West Virginia quarter uh, coaches, I should say. You got Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, both West Virginia natives. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take, I agree, Bama by about 10, 10 to 13. I'm going to say probably around a 27, 27, 17, 20, something like that game. That sounds about right, yeah. Uh, so Close going into half, and then a couple late touchdowns will put Bama yep, ahead. Uh, yep, that's about how they go with, with Alabama in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Ohio State is a 20-point favorite heading into Indiana. The game is at Indiana. Twenty is not enough for me. There, yeah, huh? I say twenty is not enough for me. I want to take Ohio State uh, minus twenty. Uh, you got JT Barrett coming back for a senior season. Seems like he's been around forever. Uh, <laughs> seems like the Aaron Kraft of their fo- of their football team. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy to announce uh, Ohio State's last game. They were shut out by Clemson in that college football playoff and game. So we'll see how they game. react. Uh, interesting fact. Uh, Last time that I think it was Urban Meyer. Last time he lost a uh, big bowl game, he came back on the national title next year. Ugh. Last time they lost the bowl game, so that's something to look out for the high state. I know they've they've restocked. And they've got a lot of talent, uh, great de- defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to look. They're playing Indiana. Are they going to look ahead week two against Oklahoma? That's uh, going to be a big matchup. They have to travel. I, I know it's at home. It'll be at home in the horseshoe uh, against Oklahoma. So that'll be that'll be a big game. So we'll have to see if they come out strong. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they won't I think be overlooking take care of their business first here. I don't. I don't see it being any issue. I agree. And it's I definitely going to be tuning up for Oklahoma coming in. So, yeah, so. I'm taking Ohio State as well. All right, Western Michigan actually uh, plays USC. Uh, USC a 24-point favorite. Uh, Western Michigan, though, uh, no slouch. They were 13-1 and last year, and their only loss was coming in the Cotton Bowl Surprise to Wisconsin. of the football season last yeah, season. Yeah, they had a very good uh, – Corey Davis, the rookie that went to the Titans, he mm-hmm. actually played for Western Michigan last year. So that's that's uh, a big draft pick for, for that little school. Uh, they're actually they're they lost their head coach in the off season. PJ Fleck took a Minnesota job. Uh, he's play, uh, coaching the Golden Gophers. In the How Big do you Ten think now. that will affect Western Michigan? Because losing a head coach, especially when he's probably I don't know how long Fleck was there, but when he built up that program like that, and then to be like step up to that bigger stage, kind of like Rich Rod did with us um, a few years back, where he went from leading us um, out of the dungeons of nowhere in early 2000s to a game away from national championship and then going to Michigan. Do you think that Western Michigan will fall back into line with the new head coaching regime? Well, that really depends on the culture that was built in Western Michigan. You look back at, like, say, a Boise State. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost their coach. 
that he he left. But what Boise State stayed some semi relevant for the small. Yeah, uh, they had division. a good four or five year run. I exactly, think. and I think they just went up to. I want to say that maybe they're in the American now. I'll have to check on that. But I think they did move up in, into an actual Power Five conference. Okay. Um, or I don't know if the Americans a Power Five conference or not. But I know I'm not just trying to get at though. But uh, yeah, they're moving up in the world, and it's just kind of like the culture that you build at a university. I mean, it depends on. Is is it the work ethic? Do you have a good staff around you? Because even if the if the head coach leaves, if he has a good staff that has the same mentality, has built a culture in, in a small school like that, it's possible that they'll stick around. Um, have have good recruiting. Boise just based State off of is that. in the Mountain West. Are they still in the Mountain West. I thought I saw West. something about them going somewhere else. Maybe I, maybe I'm just thinking of someone else. But but yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know their chances at USC. I would like. I would take them. With 24 points, I'm going to take them plus 24 against USC. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, USC has the return Sam Darnold. He's about the Heisman front runner right now. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like Western Michigan uh, plus 24. I don't like them to win the game. I think they'll lose by two touchdowns. But 24 points is a lot for a team that just coming off a 13 and one year, losing in uh, the Cotton Bowl, one of the one of the biggest bowls that there are. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give USC blowout status here. I think it will be a tough game for them. Um, I, I think USC will win, um, but I I would say that it's not going to be more than a, more than a touchdown. How many how many times has USC started in the top five preseason? They've fallen out of the top twenty five by week Rather five, quickly. week six. Yeah, I mean I'm not saying that they're going to do that. I'm just going to say that week one they're not going to blow out a team that, that's coming off a thirteen win season. And I'm not quite sure who they play um, following this game, but this could definitely be a trap game for them. I agree. It's got it written all over it. Um, also, a fun fact there, uh, Western Michigan this season received preseason top 25 coaches poll votes. That was the first time in their school history that they've received any uh, top 25 votes. So, obviously, things are trending up uh, there for the, I believe, the oh, Broncos. Oh, they got Stanford. Oh, they have Stanford week, too. USC's got Stanford coming in. Um, it's got Stanford coming in on Saturday, September 9th. Wow. Yeah, man. That's so a big game Definitely there. a trap game. Yeah. All right. So, Kent State will uh, we'll, we'll travel to Clemson. Uh, forty point spread here. Forty <laughs> points. They are the defending reigning <laughs> national champion. Shout out to my cousin Logan Madsen. It's his twenty first birthday today. He's actually a defensive assistant. He he play, he uh, helped set up for the football team and stuff for Kent State. Nice. I don't know Happy if he'll birthday, go to Clemson, Logan. but uh, From lemon in the fro. Exactly. So this, if, this is a very special day for you. I know it is. If uh, if he gets to travel to Clemson, that'd be a pretty cool deal for him. I'll have, oh, to, I'll have yeah. to talk to him about that. Absolutely. But uh, Clemson. National title winners, the reigning national champions, uh, losing to Sean Watson, losing a lot of talent, actually. Uh, Mike Williams, the wide receiver, uh, they had a couple guys on defense. I know Bullware, uh, the linebacker, went to the Panthers, actually. I don't know if he made the squad or not, but I know he was an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben Bullware, he, 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 I think he led them in tackles last year. Uh, but So we'll see how they come back without Deshaun Watson. Looks like Kelly Bryant, he's a junior. Uh, but his, he's only thrown 18 career passes, 75 yards, a touchdown, and one pick. Uh, looks like he's going to get the starting nod. Uh, so Kelly Bryant, we'll see how he he starts off against a pancake game uh, in Kent State. Um, so we'll just move on to those are our top five. We're actually going to highlight Michigan versus Florida. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a very good matchup, a Big Ten SEC matchup, two powerhouses. Uh both on the verge, I would say Michigan's more on the verge to make the college football playoff. Um, I would say they're. What do you think about uh, the expectations for Harbaugh's third year? Well, uh, I mentioned to you coming in that this is his first uh, team that he has recruited fully since he's been in Michigan. This is year 
three at Michigan? Yeah. Three. So I think expectations are are super high. Sky's the limit. Um, and, and this is going to be one of those times where he really gets to prove whether he is one of the best coaches, period, of um, the past, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, um, since Stanford uh, 49ers and now Michigan. Um, Harbaugh has a lot to prove this season. I don't feel like if he has – if they don't do well, I don't feel like there's going to be any – I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. But I really think that if Michigan doesn't at least contend – for the college football playoff this this season, and if they don't beat Ohio State, then this season is definitely a bust. So they got they got some things to prove, man. And and this is this is when Harbaugh can really make his mark. And I'm hoping that he does because I'm a Harbaugh fan. I agree. I mean, I think it's college football playoff or bust. Uh, I think the Ohio State game, you can't go 0 three against Ohio State. Whenever they should have won last year for sure, the game the year before that um, was questionable. Um, I still don't think JT Barrett got that first down. Right on fourth down, but that's. I remember you coming in and, and complaining to me like you see that Michigan game. <laughs> I was like, no, I, I missed it. I saw the highlights. They're uh, like, I'm so mad. I'm like, dude, it's Monday. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I think I think uh, he has to go the distance this year, at least make it to the playoff and beat Ohio State. You got to think the Big Ten's got about four good teams this year. Wisconsin's got an easy schedule. Uh, they have their only, I believe, their only tough game is Michigan, but it's at home and it's the week before the Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a really easy, uh, I mean, easy trap game for Michigan against a really talented Wisconsin team. Uh, Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's always tough. a t- tough team, and their to play. schedule really favors them this year. So I would say they're they are a threat to make the college football playoff. Um, I think the winner of the Big Ten championship because it's basically Penn State has a shot. We'll mm-hmm. see how that goes, but. It's going to be the winner of the Big Ten titles because it's going to be the one with the least losses, I guess. But that's the thing about the college football playoff. You can have three good teams, but if you lose in the college, if you lose, say, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever loses there, that's their last game of the year. Yeah. So they have no more time to prove themselves as opposed to the person going to the Big Ten title game. And if they lose there, then they lost in a bad time as well. There's only four teams and there's five Power Five conferences. So, you know, you got to look at it to where only one of these teams are going to make it out. I highly doubt two, unless the only loss Michigan or Ohio State has is in that game. Yeah, me, me and my dad was uh, got into it about who came out of the um, Big Ten last year, um, just because of it being so weird. With I mean, they have conferences, and who do you remember who came out of Big Big Ten exactly last year? Because Ohio State, Ohio State, and who was the other? Other team that they played, and they only had like one loss, but they didn't play another team. Was it Penn State. Thank you. Penn State's like, how come Penn State's in there? I was like, they they didn't lose. They didn't play the other team, Dad. Yeah. I mean, it's college football. It's college football. Yeah. What do you expect? So, yeah, we'll see how how the Big Ten pans out. Uh, we're going to move on to the Big 12 here. Uh, it looks like TCU and Kansas State, they both play FCS opponents, so I uh, didn't have to spread on those games. Uh, UTEP travels to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is a 48-point favorite. I'll give that to them. I, I would actually <laughs> give that to them against the University of Texas El Paso Miners. Shout out um, to Tim Hardaway. That's his school. Oh, yeah? <laughs> the original Tim Hardaway, not Junior, who just got an awesome deal that he probably didn't deserve in the NBA, but we're not on NBA talk yet. Exactly. My bad. Sidebar over. So <laughs> Oklahoma, again, looking ahead to Ohio State got to travel Columbus, so we'll see how they how they 
pan out against the, the Miners. Uh, Maryland travels to Texas. Texas a 20-point favorite. Um, I'm not really sure what Maryland's doing with their football team. I haven't really paid attention to yeah, them. Um, but I we'll see how uh, Tom Herman does with his first game under uh, as Texas' head coach. Uh, as we said, on Thursday night, Tulsa travels to Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State only a 17.5-point favorite, which isn't that oh big against Tulsa. They must have a have a pretty good squad. Yeah. So, and then we'll go down to the, the Mountaineers. Uh, neutral site game against Virginia Tech. Old Big East rival Virginia oh, Tech so in, uh, this game, in Landover, Mar- Maryland, in the Redskins Stadium. Uh, Virginia Tech a three-point favorite. Of course. Last time I checked. Um, so... Uh, We'll see what Wilger is made of. We'll see what our defense is made of. Redshirt freshman starting for the Hokies. Um, we'll see, uh, I, I expect Tony Gibson to dial up the defense, dial up the, the blitzes, get some pressure on that young quarterback, see if we can't rattle his cage yep. in a couple three and outs and see get Will Greer in, in action with uh, Holgerson's offense. Um, got a lot of a lot of question marks at wide receiver, but I think we'll have some guys step up. Gary Jennings, David Sills, um, we got a, a couple of tall guys out there, and then our backfield is just going to get pounded with uh, with with Justin Crawford, um, and then Petaway and Kennedy McCoy. I think it's a three-headed monster back there, and I think we should use all three heads and and stay as fresh as we can in the backfield at all time. Take the pressure off Greer. We're going to win this game. You That's heard all it here first. You heard it here first. Kellen Conley says we will win the We're game. We're going to win this game. We're going to beat the Hokies. <coughs> Send them back to Blacksburg. Score. Uh, we're going to win this game 28-20. to 20. Okay, so you will take us with the spread. Um, so that would that'd be favorable with the spread. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we'll win the game as well. I think uh, we have to get a few stops early on defense, and Will Greer just has to get in. And I'm excited to watch Will, Will, Will Greer work in this offense. Oh, me too. I'm so excited to watch it, and I just want to see – See, I mean, I think Virginia Tech has a decent defense. I'm not really sure who they return. I've seen a little bit on it, but that's been a while ago. I don't really know too much about that. But I like this. I like us in this game. I think uh, we have a lot of momentum. We have our heads on straight. I think Dana's got the guys believing that that they're going to be for real this year. Tony Gibson is a top classic rivalry game. Tony Gibson to me is a top ten, maybe top five, but I'm going to say top ten coordinator in the nation. Mm Hmm. I mean, takes, I agree with that. takes what he has and does. I mean, we've got Askew Henry in the, as a safety coming in. Um, Derek uh, Pitts, he's actually a West Virginia boy, uh, somewhere in Charleston, I believe. Um, was came in. He's our, another safety, another secondary guy, big hitter, big hitter. I watched him highlight film film on him. Uh, he's just got a nose for the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I like our chances in that game. And that is on Sunday. It's actually the day after. I really like that. Uh, it's going to be on a Sunday. It's going to be on its yeah, own day. Yeah. Uh, it's on the same time. It makes as, it even more of a big game for Yeah. It is, it is on the same time as Texas A&M UCLA, but that's the Pac-12 game. So it's only going to be like 4 o'clock there. Right. But So we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's go Mountaineers. Let's go Mountaineers. So you want to trans- transition into the NBA? We can transition. And I just want to commend you on that excellent section there. That was great, man. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I just want to let you know you appreciate it. So big trade news in the NBA. Wait, who got traded? Uh, I was trying to think of somebody who was like a no-name. Kyrie Irving got his wish. We talked about this last episode. He got his wish, and he is out of Cleveland. He's headed to Boston, of all places, to the Cavs' biggest rival in the East. Headed to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, a 2018 draft pick. 
What do you don't think? Forget, don't forget. Oh, oh, what Zizek. am I forgetting? What's his first name? Ante Zizek. Oh, oh. Yep, Ante Zizek, seven foot center. Uh, he's a rookie. I don't know. I think he came from overseas. Okay. Can't forget that. Get the whole deal. Nah, man. He could be finals in MVP next year. You never know. Yeah, because the centers are such a valuable position in today's NBA. You never This guy's going to change it all. This guy. What's his name? Andre Zizek? Zizek. Zizek. Shout out to Andre Zizek. So who, 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 went, who won the trade, Kellen? Who won the trade? Anybody? The Celtics. Celtics won the trade? The Celtics, absolutely. Why did the Celtics win the trade? They, they got the second best player in the Eastern Conference. And added him to their team after they got the second Gordon. best player in the Eastern Conference. The second best player in the Eastern Conference is Kyrie Irving. That's what made the Cavs such a big deal was they had LeBron and then they had Kyrie. Giannis, I is can't close. disagree with you. I mean, yeah, Giannis. John because, Wall is yeah might be the only other person in this conversation. No, you're right because Jimmy left, Paul George left. Shout out to my boy Marcus for. Defending uh, John Wall so violently <laughs> that he was the shoot. second best player. No, John Wall just can't shoot. He, he can shoot. No, he he can't. can hit it sometimes, but he's no, not he consistent. Cannot. No consistent jumper. They got Kyrie. You know who can shoot? Who can shoot? Isaiah Thomas can shoot. Isaiah Thomas can shoot. Yes, but Kyrie's going to Boston. They've turned over damn near that whole roster from last year. They're only bringing back like four players who went to the Eastern Conference Finals with Boston last year. I got a rundown on the. I have a rundown on the starting five. If you want me to go over that, I real would quick. love for you to do that. Point guard is Kyrie Irving. Um, shooting guard, you can go one or two ways. You can put Marcus Smart in there. Uh, this one that I looked up had Gordon Hayward at the two. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, second year guy Jalen Brown at a cow at the three. Yeah. Uh, real good on defense. He actually guarded LeBron uh, during their series. I like Jalen. I like Jalen a lot. They got Marcus Morris for Avery Bradley. So Marcus Morris playing the power forward, and then Al Horford obviously ran in the center, which leaves him on the bench. Uh, Tatum, and then Marcus Smart if you're not going to play him with a two, and Terry Rozier. Um, the bench is a little thin to me. The bench, the bench is thin, but the thing about Boston, they still have all kinds of trade bait. That they can do. If That's they, true. If they got to move pieces around but, to get the bench a little stronger, Ainge is going to do it. So they've lost IT, Isaiah Thomas. They lost Jay Crowder. They lost Avery Bradley. They lost Kelly Olenek. And we're talking about and guys. <laughs> we're talking about guys that come off the bench and score. Right. Come off the bench and defend. And we're talking about really Olenek good guys. Olenek won game seven for them against, uh, almost the Bullets, against uh, the Wizards last season in the um, – in the Eastern Conference. So who wins, who wins the Eastern Conference this year? Who goes to the finals? Cavs. I agree. Cavs have to win the Eastern I mean, this is the, we haven't even started the season yet, so we're not going to say Here, things won't change. But as of today. Here's the thing. The king stayed a king. The shout out to the wire. Um, Let's talk about the Cavs real quick. The, th- the only thing I worry about is with IT, I heard that his hip injury is lingering and that – I don't think he had surgery on it. I think he did not have to have surgery on it. I think it was an option at one point, but I don't think he actually went under the knife. It's a lingering issue, and there was some concern on the Celtics' part about him going forward, and that's why they dealt someone who was such a big part of their franchise last year, obviously for an upgrade at the position, but just just in general that, I mean, IT single-handedly was their number one guy last year. Well, to me, if I am Dan Gilbert, there's not a chance in the world I'm making this trade if I'm not confident that he's healthy. 
I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel can like sit here, if you can sit here and tell me that they couldn't have gotten mellow for Kyrie, then you're crazy. And I'm taking mellow before I'm taking. I don't think anybody wants to touch Melo is the problem, other than the Rockets, and the Rockets kind of tried. Well, but it depends on if you're trying to sell LeBron or if you're trying to plan for the future. If you're trying to plan for the future, I like this trade better than Melo trade. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sell LeBron, I like Melo. Understandable. Still, I think LeBron's gone. I, I, I don't think there's anything that could happen that would keep LeBron here in Cleveland. I got a rundown for the starting five, potentially, as of today, for okay. the, the Cavaliers. Let me have it. Isaiah Thomas starting at the point guard. Uh, J.R. Smith, assuming Dwayne Wade does not come over. They're looking at the buyout D. Wade. I do have some info on that. Last I heard, it came out that the Bulls were definitely going to buy him out, and then that was later rescinded. I'm I'm expecting him to lace up for the Bulls at least for maybe a month or so. That's fine. And then eventually I could see him coming, coming to Cleveland on a buyout. That's that's fine. That's completely okay with with LeBron. It's but right now, fine. as far as the Cavs' chances, right go. now it's it's going to be it's going to be Jr. So we got Jr. at the two. Obviously, LeBron playing the three. Caleb and Tristan Thompson running out the four and the five. But the bench is deeper. Here's the, the bench X is factor. still the bench is still a little old. Here's the Cavs' X factor. It's a little old, but it's deeper now. We got his, Jay Crowder his coming name. off. Jay Crowder coming in for either Kevin Love or LeBron to rest. And that's huge. D-Rose coming in. If D-Rose, that's the X factor if right D-Rose there. D-Rose can stay healthy, not D-Rose is going to have half the workload Garrett he's had his Rose entire career. Will win six man of the year this year. I mean, I hope so. He's going to win six man of the year, and he will have his best season since his MVP season. So what, let's go back to D-Rose's career. When has he not had the bulk of the scoring on his shoulders? Ever. Never. Never. Well, and now he does. Last season, kind of, because he had Porzingis and Anthony. Yeah. Well, he still and he still put up 18 a game. He still put up 18 a game and played most healthy. games he had played since the injury. So I'm telling you, man, he's in position, man. I love Derek so much. I'm and such a homer. And Shumpert and Kyle Korver, which Kyle Korver <sighs> plays a smaller role this year to me. He plays a smaller role, but he's still – is there, and he's still – I think he plays limited minutes, but I think he plays minutes. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, he's still one of the best three-point shooters in the league. But he's not hes not getting minutes in the finals. He shouldn't have gotten minutes in the finals. He, but they had no choice, they, but now they I do. Know, I know they had no choice. We discussed this last time, but every time I, the name Kyle Korver comes up, I see him just doing dumb things in the NBA finals. It's like a montage of dumb things Kyle Korver did. And another thing I want to touch on is – are the Cavs selling LeBron still, or are they planning for the future? I think LeBron, I, after the whole thing with them not bringing back the GM, whose name is escaping me because I'm so good with names on this David podcast. David Griffin. Thank you, David Griffin. I feel like they've been more communicating better with LeBron. I feel like LeBron... Not not to say he's in legium le, le le, le mode, which is what everybody says. LeBron has general manager pool since he's come back. I feel like LeBron wanted this trade to happen because when Kyrie came out and said, "I don't want to be on this team anymore. I want to do my own thing," LeBron was like, "Cool, let's move him." Then there was there was no. I never heard anything about there being a sit down between the two, a phone call, anything that sounded like. We're going to try to mediate this thing and try to make this work. I, from the moment it was said, I knew Kyrie was heading out of heading out of Cleveland at some point. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with you there. I think, I, to me, if, if, and it, only if they're looking to sell LeBron and not looking towards the future, I don't think the Cavs are done. I don't think they're done dealing. I don't think that they're going to not make – I think they're going to make at least one, one more trade. I don't know who for, if they can still mm-hmm. get mellow, if, there's, if that's an option. They can move Jay Crowder. Nobody wants Kevin Love. <laughs> They've tried so hard to get rid of Kevin Love. Yeah. I mean, nobody, maybe give up Jay Crowder, give up – Crowder's a good trade piece. You're not giving You're not giving up that pick, though, for Melo. The way I see this Cavs team is, is similar to the 97-98 Bulls, where it's like one last ride. They're they're and they're going. They're just going to go balls to the wall, man. Because because LeBron's going to LA next season. So this is this is all she wrote for LeBron's Cleveland career, unless he does one of those things where he goes back and signs for a day and retire a cab or something. This yeah. is the, this is it. I can't wait to see the next chapter of LeBron's legacy. Oh, I'm, me neither. Especially if it's sunny. It just seems like there's a there's a dark cloud gathering over Cleveland right now. <laughs> Isn't there always a dark cloud gathering over true. Cleveland? But Other it's, than it's a familiar dark one cloud. One month in 2016? It's, it's, it's a familiar dark cloud yeah. from when he left last time. Mm-hmm. And they know it's coming. Your baseball team was part of that dark cloud in the yep. past 18 months. Yep. Let's go <laughs> Cubbies. Hey, the Cubs are on a roll. Um, yeah, how are the Cubs Sunday, doing? I think we're we're only at a two and a half game lead, but we're last time I checked tonight. So you got we were, the lead in Central now. Yeah, we were nice. beating the we were beating the Reds nine to zero tonight. We beat the Reds like thirteen to nine last night. Bats are rolling. We were down. We were tied three to three. To the Blue Jays on Sunday, going for the sweep. Bottom of the ninth, we had first and second. Uh, I think one out. End up not scoring. Go to the extras, allowing two runs in the top of the tenth. Down five to three at home, and we came back one six five in the bottom of the tenth. It's happening. That swept man. the y'all series. Start, y'all starting to do it. We're I about to win. You. We're about to win number five in a row tonight. We got to We have to. We have to widen the gap because we got to get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, man. We're going for you two in a row. Those going for back to wild card games. Let's go Cubs. Those wild card games are so stupid. We're not making the wild card if we don't win our division. Well, I guarantee you that. I understand that. It's I think too tight. the Brewers are like four and a half back right now of the wild card. But I absolutely hate the fact they got rid of the wild card series in favor of the wild card game. Yeah. But I understand why they did it. I mean, it's not like they didn't just play 160 plus games. Exactly. So, where are we moving on to now, Mr. Lemon? The UFC. Just rolling right along. Mr. Man. John Bones. Jones, this Bonehead was, Jones, what I'm going to start calling him. stupid. John Jones. I, I was on the, twi- the Twitter last night, and I was looking at Kyrie's stuff, retweeting funny things, retweeting little facts, because I am all about that NBA Twitter life. And then I see, in the midst of this, John Jones, stripped of, of UFC title, tested positive for steroids, and I retweeted it with this caption, in other news, <laughs> like it was, it came out like right as all this Kyrie trade stuff's going. And the first thing I do is go to Corm- uh, Daniel Cormier's account. I'm like, he's going to be cussing this dude up and down. And he didn't, he didn't release any statements until today about it. Um, but Jones tested positive for steroids right on the heels of serving a one year suspension for substance, a uh, uh, legal substance. On the heels of getting stripped of his title for the DUI, what is going on with John Bones Jones? He just he just had everything handed to him. Business as usual for John Jones. He got the keys back, man. And uh, he's like, he, I don't nah. Hold my beer. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's going to face a four year suspension from the, from the sport. Uh, At least I, I just don't understand it. I really don't get it. Uh, 
I just last. What does this do for Cormier's legacy? What does this do for Cormier's legacy? For Cormier's legacy? If we're going to put an asterisk beside Barry Bonds or put an asterisk beside John Jones. Oh, absolutely. Cor- I mean, Cormier, at the end of the day, he still, he still lost twice to John Jones. That's never going to change. But if he – I mean, I know the stripping isn't final because uh, Dana White came out and said he hasn't been stripped. Jones hasn't been stripped as of yet. But if the belt goes back to Cormier and Cormier starts defending again, his run continues, I mean, there's no way to – other than say that he couldn't beat John Jones, but John Jones only beat him once when he wasn't on something, so to speak. I mean, you you can't knock Cormier, man. You got to put Cormier up there with the greats, man. Yeah, I can. I I agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know too much about the the history of the UFC. I've been I following either. it about two about two years now, uh, lightly. So. That's just a big story there, and I came, kinda, I came for Ronda, buries, and I stayed for some other fights. Yeah, that, that kind of buries the old Brock Lesnar John Jones fight, which I was pretty excited for. Yeah, and uh, and uh, to go off topic, uh, Brock Lesnar did retain his Universal Championship in the WWE on Sunday at SummerSlam. He's uh, facing uh, his next opponent at the next pay per view. So the speculation was he's going to drop the belt. So he can re-enter the USDA t- uh, testing pool because he still has to serve five months on his suspension. Uh, but now, looks like he's not going to be doing that anytime soon. He's going to keep getting them checks from the WWE. And I don't blame him. No, absolutely not. So who you got in the super fight Ugh. on Saturday? We've got Conor McGregor. Anybody the- who's able to watch it for free. That will be me, sir. <laughs> I'm not paying. I'm not paying a dime for the fight, but I will be watching the fight. Uh, it's going to be a very intense evening. Um, I think it might be almost a freak show. I don't really know what to expect as far as the 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 competition goes. I'm not a big boxing guy. I enjoy watching it. I don't know a lot about the scoring. Yeah, about it. But me from from what I've been hearing, from what I've been listening to, reading about, not a lot of people are giving Connor a chance. To win a round, no. Let alone win a fight. Uh, I think Connor's only chance, if I was from just the the naked eyes, he's got to go after Floyd early and often. He's got to catch Floyd. He's got to stun Floyd, and he's just got to be on his have Floyd on his heels from the jump. I lost if, my phone. If he my allows friend. Floyd to get in a in a rhythm and and play his game to where he's dancing and, and making you miss and landing his shots and scoring. He could cut Connor. He could make it a long, a long fight for Connor, and I think it could either. It's either going to be a long, kind of boring, kind of Mayweather's not going slow on. fight. He'd or like it's to. going to be a McGregor knockout. He'd like to. I just got a text from my friend. I was going to read it, but my phone's disappeared. He said, "I really want McGregor to win this fight, but I just don't see it happening." That's what your friend said. That's what my friend just texted me. One of my best friends. Exactly. Shout out, to, shout out to Matthew. And that's just—I mean—that's just it. Everybody, it would shock the world. It would open up McGregor to be one that's of the richest wants people in the world. I mean, he he would make so much money not only on this but on his future fights. That he would beat because he would then turn to a boxing phenom. Oh yeah. He would, he would no longer be in the UFC. He'd be realm. a dual sport. Threat. I don't think I don't know if, how many more UFC fights he would do, um, but I don't know. I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be a very hype event, and we will see how that goes. I'm I'm definitely saying Mayweather will win the fight. I'd love, 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 love to see McGregor go out there and do McGregor things and 
back up all the trash talk and knock Mayweather out and win the fight. Or even even if he did somehow win by decision, that would be cool with me too. But I just I don't, don't see think it. there's a way possible that he wins by decision. It's so hard to come combat all those years of boxing experience, no matter how good you think you are. And his and all the little sparring videos and stuff that I've seen McGregor look absolutely terrible. And you could say that it's a ploy on his part to kind of put out there that he can't he can't literally box and maybe put Floyd in a sense of uh, 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 like maybe overconfidence. But I, I just I just don't see it, man. I think I think uh, Mayweather wins and then he's going to retire fifty and zero. It's like a decathlete facing Usain Bolt in a hundred meter dash. Yeah. Yep. Conor McGregor's a decathlete. He may be the better athlete. He may be the younger guy, the more athletic guy, but he's facing a sprinter in a sprint. Mm-hmm. And whenever you face a sprinter in a sprint and you do everything well, they do that well, and they do it better than you do. And that's the bottom line. It, it, I think it'll be a hell of a fight. I hope. I hope it's not as bad as Mayweather-Pacquiao was. Because other than Pacquiao having his little offense in the middle of the fight, it was a really boring fight. I hope it kind of is an actual decent fight to f- watch. But Mayweather's going to win. Well, there you have it. That's I'm just episode, making bold predictions tonight. That's episode number two. That's episode number We don't got nothing else? I think that's it. That's all we had planned. Is it? Do we not have one more thing? We, we talk, Oh, well, I mean, I guess we shouldn't. I guess that's it. Coming to you live from Lemon Studios. From Lemon Studios. Lemon Chazzy Fresh Studios. Shout out to Chazzy Fresh. Shout out to Chaz. He's not here right now. He came to my office with that million dollar smile yesterday. I I, I got all, I just turned to jelly. <laughs> <laughs> he has that effect on the women too. Well, what's that say about me? I don't know. I don't know either, buddy. Yeah, it's been Lemon and the Fro though. Um, you can check us out on iTunes. We're on there officially now. We are on Stitcher, so you can either go to Stitcher.com or download the Stitcher app and listen to the show, or you can use Google Play, and we're on the podcast store on Google Play, and you can find us on there. And then all the episodes are posted on behyphen.com. Till next time, I'm Lane Lemon. And I'm Kellen Conley. And Lane is still better at this than me, but I hope I held up by into the bargain. Good night. Peace.